It's Tom. It's Jake. You, you already, already know. It's pretty spot on. All right, ready? We are back for another quick take. We got pew, 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 futuristic. <laughs> oh, the- pew, pew, pew. There we go. Episode episode 10, our first guest episode. Sheesh. Futuristic. Yes, Zachary sir. Lewis Beck. Come on, not the whole government. <laughs> Jacob Austin. Come on. Um, no, I'm excited to have you on today because uh, for obvious reasons, for people who just kind of have followed my story journey, the whole buff nerds squad, you know, Tom's squad. as well. And then uh, obviously you've been a huge part of that. And Tom's been along for the ride as well for a good portion of it. So excited fact. to have you on episode 10. We're going to dive into a lot of things, but I want to talk a little bit about, you know, just as an artist, kind of finding filmmakers to like work with and what you look for and kind of the the whole, uh, maybe a little bit on your journey, but then diving into the entrepreneurial side, much like we have, like we do our main thing, which is film. Like you do your main thing, which is music, but right. then you're like, yo, there's so much more to life and to business and everything than just music and same thing with us for film. So it'll be, I think a good episode. So facts, facts. Um, yeah. Let's <clears> just start <throat> off with, I guess a little bit. Of, Maybe like the story about yeah. how y'all first like met. Was Ooh. it just on some like ran into each other at like ASU? I feel like maybe yeah, people yeah. know. But he tells the cool. story the best. I was I'm gonna, gonna say yeah. No, away. I've I've definitely told this story a good amount of times for people you know that ask about us. Um, I'm from Illinois. Obviously, we're in Arizona right now. I moved to this school. Uh, move move out to Arizona. Go to this school first day. I think it's like couple days before school starts it's like open open uh, gym for basketball and Jake you know Jake's out there we're playing basketball Jake is the most competitive human being you will ever meet he will challenge you to anything so of course when we're playing basketball it's like he's going crazy and so you know I was doing my thing and in, in, in Illinois you kind of you know you talk stuff back and forth Jake didn't like that. So I'm talking stuff and he's like, yo, kid, you just got here. Yeah, because like at our school, bro, no one really like talked super trash like that. And especially in these open gyms, everyone respected each other. They and all knew each other. And I was just coming in there. causing. I, I didn't read the room. Yeah. You know, I didn't read the room. I was cause, causing chaos and Jake wasn't having it. And then it was. So it, what did I do? What did I say again? Though? He was just Hit like, learn, learn your place, kid. Like <laughs> You just got here. And I, so I hated Jake. Couldn't stand. Off the didn't road. like him. Didn't like the way he dressed. Didn't like nothing <laughs> about him. I thought it was weird. Like, I'm coming from Illinois. Nobody's wearing, you know, the short shorts, the vans. Nobody's doing that. You know, I'm still wearing tall tees and all that. Yeah. All five foot four of me is wearing tall <laughs> tees. So, yeah, we didn't like each other really. Um, but yeah. me and his brother ended up being cool. And they had the house to be at. So we were always at their house before basketball practice, after, yeah. you know, games, things like that. And over the course of time, obviously, we both realized, like, yo, he's cool. Rock with each other. So that's how we kind of met. Yeah. Um, to get into the film portion, it was more like after he graduated. Well, I think I think even before that, like, yeah, we hated each other, but then finally came around because it's like, yo, you were always around. Yeah. Basketball was that mutual understanding and connection and that thread. And it was like, yo, you're cool. You're cool. Like, Facts. we're good. And then we kind of became friends because you would come over and spit freestyle rap videos on my iMac with true, Elgin. True. And and we I mean I have countless of those still and on dunk like the videos. Old, yeah on the dunk old videos YouTube and channel. rap videos. Yeah. So it was like all these freestyle rap videos on the like old photo booth Mac with like dunk videos that we filmed on like my little tape camera. And we are always filming little stuff like that. Yeah. And then meanwhile you always loved music, did music. And so we kind of 
built that friendship slowly. And then, yeah, going, I was in college now and you want to yeah, continue Yeah, yeah. I was a senior in high school and he was in college his freshman year. Yeah. And I was just like, you know, starting to really, really take it serious. And I'm like, yo, have you ever shot a music video? Like, let's, let's shoot a music video. And the very first one that we don't really like to speak about because it's so yeah. terrible, like we shot it on a racquetball court as like our psych wall, basically. Yeah, and I was like, wall. Yeah, I was, I was like, yo, we can go to LA Fitness. I got the membership. Yeah, let's <laughs> do it. That's yeah. smart. Um, so yeah, we shot, shot on a white white psych racquetball and um quickly upgraded cameras to the t2i Dude, I, hold on i remember though edi editing that video in my editing like setup was in my parents game room at the time yep, i don't yep. know if you remember that and i, I do. was editing the video and we bro we, we both gassed. we thought the video was so cold like i had all gassed. these like overlay blending effects on the white white psych and everything and do we want to like let them know like we, what they y'all don't need to know like, <laughs> keep it in the archives <laughs> nah, i mean if you really want to have a good laugh at jacob owen's first music video <laughs> and, and yours and mine <laughs> mister i had to do it yeah no mm. it's it's a good classic but the, then quickly shifted after that to, yeah we quickly shifted you got the t2i yeah. um well you used the homies and then you bought one after that but right. that's kind of when things got real real was and that was the first that was like on Mill Ave here in Tempe. Yep. Who dat? Um, who dat? Who dat? And you remixed Jake Cole's Who dat? And then that like was that the started catalyst everything. for everything. Yeah. Because all of a sudden local people started like, I don't think anyone had really seen like a crispy, well done music video, but with like fire bars from someone who was like, it was just like a, I mean, I say that now, like back then it looked incredible and it sounded amazing. Like now, I don't know if you go back, it's like, yo, this is cheesy on all right, levels right. or what, but it's, yeah, that was like the catalyst. And I started getting hit up a lot. I'm sure you were like, yo, this is, I'm going full in on this now. Yeah. Or I, I, like, I think what? it's worth mentioning too, that like, this is like, the, I feel like, what would you say is like 2010 or so? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Like, I feel like YouTube prior was like, you know, yeah, just yeah. really corny viral videos. Like, and I feel like this is like the first time around 2010 that you're seeing like music videos yeah and it was like, the mac miller, like, mac mac miller, miller era. it was the walk around with your backpack at exactly. school and drop bars you yeah 100 so we so kind of like, rode that lane right into that yeah 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 cool. and and we physically did that asu put you had yeah. a backpack on walked around asu and filmed another music video but that was the startup we just started shooting music video music video music video and you know uploading them um to youtube yeah and yeah that was like the start of our kind of working relationship there yeah. and, and everything yeah. from there that's crazy um, do you have like a favorite early video that we did? Do you, if you were to recall, we, we've done so many, so it might even be hard to like. We've probably shot like five hundred videos. Yeah, we've shot so much. It's just wild. just from everything. We were we, talking about one the one day where we did like three videos in one day. We did with like Lexi Pantera. Yeah, then we went to like that upstairs abandoned house. Yeah, it's like crazy to think about. You know. Yeah, yeah, and we always kind of moved like that. Like honestly, working with Jake makes it hard to work with some other people because like I'm so impatient and so quick, and me and right. him just like from the jump always had this quick work ethic. You yeah, know. Yeah. So well, I think but, you both also have an idea of the final output. So like some people I've even worked with will do like five or six takes of one thing, and, and with we don't him, need to. And no. like our like mindset's like, oh, we got it. Like we don't need to do it. Well, five speaking more times. of the one take thing, I mean, oh, when yeah. we we're living in LA, I want to come back to touch on something that you know that i just thought of but speaking on the not doing multiple takes one of the f you know things you were known for was going into the booth spitting a whole verse in one take and you did that for this one song which was the one in the la river uh no way no way and then 
we we're just like, yo, let's shoot a video for this. And it's like, well, let's shoot it like how you recorded it in one take. Yeah. And then we shot it on the Ronin. You were there that day. You helped shoot that. We no? had just gotten like the Ronin this, one. Uh, oh, yeah. That was thing. the first video you I probably did. I think Tom was probably yeah. on. Probably that the video, first one. Honestly, oh, no. That thing might have been the first one with him. I don't know. But yeah. yeah. Oh, uh, the, that was yeah, actually. Yeah. 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 But anyways, we shot that, did it in one take and labeled it on YouTube like one hashtag take. one take. And that started a whole new a wave whole, of not only our stuff, but for other people too. I know there's plenty of artists that just started to do hashtag one takes whether it was you know on the mic or like Facts. filming a video Facts. let no. me ask you this did that song for you because i i don't really know like the back end did that one like blow up because funny enough jordan which one uh no way no way uh-huh. uh because funny enough jordan was like wait i know that song like when we i first week i went to your wedding she was like oh wait i've legit heard that i was like oh like i wonder like did, did that one big pop numbers. off for you a little bit yeah no way was like this is how crazy it was like I wasn't hip to all because we were so my presence was so on YouTube. Mm -hmm. I didn't really know about like Spotify and iTunes and all that stuff. Like I kind of did, but I didn't know how big the translation was. So like when we dropped No Way, it was Jake's a very spur of the moment person. Like so he was just like, let's just shoot it. And so we shot it, put it out. I didn't even have the song uploaded. Mm. So it wasn't on iTunes or anything. That's crazy. The reason why that song blew up so quickly, too, was because I did a prank with Big Dawes TV Mm which most people don't know about. Most people think the first prank I did with him was the nerd rap, but yeah. I actually did one called Awkwardly Staring at Strangers with Big Dolls before that, which had nothing to do with No Way, but yeah. they dropped around the same time, so he linked No Way to that. Mm. And that's what first got mm. that. That makes sense even more traction. Wow. Dang, you know? I want to come back to that because that, yeah, that's like the that's start later, of yeah. a whole nother thing. But right. even before that, w- before we just got into that story, the like what you were talking about, the same work ethic, right? Yeah. So like... Essentially, what we had started was a partnership, right? It was just like you, I would yeah. shoot your music videos, you'd put, and we kind of built this little partnership, and we we're just moving along. And so we've talked about it in the past about like if you to find the right partner to like grow in bolt, you know whatever you're doing, like you have to find someone that has that same drive and work have ethic to. as you. Like that's probably the key component. Passion. I, I would say yeah. it's to any partnership. Cause if your drives don't align and like one's working way harder and doing all this stuff, the other's not. Resentment up, kicks in. Yeah. The, uh, every, it's like when like, you have you a school project. Yeah. yeah. It's like when you have a school project and like you got four people in your group and you're doing all the work, oh, but yeah. everybody gets the A, like you're like, yo, I don't rock with none of y'all. Y'all right. are trash, you know? Right. But, and then too, like to be successful, I had two pivotal partners. I had you and I had action. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was like the two, what was so pivotal about these was everybody had the same work ethic. Everybody offered different stuff. Right. And then nobody was worried about the money at the time. Right. Like I did action, made all my beats and did all my marketing yeah. um, and all my cover art and stuff like that. And he got 50% of the sales of the music stuff. Jake shot my videos for free and then obviously collected on the YouTube. So I was like, I'm getting free videos. I'm getting free beats. I'm recording for free. I'm getting cover art for free. But at the end of the day, I'm also doing all the work to make sure that this stuff succeeds. Like mm-hmm. I'm making sure I'm getting on blogs and I'm yeah. doing all these shows and all these ciphers and contests and all this stuff. And it's like, Every time I do a contest, now Jake has a bunch of new people that want to book him. Action has a bunch of people that want to use his beats. It was, it so was it just, just so like a rising tide lifts we all We all just yeah. were, were mobbing together and like it was just, it just bounced back and forth. And then as Jake would get new clients like Kyle and yeah. DY and all these people, well now those are people that now I can get on my songs because they want to work with Jake. So it just like... Which led to no budget. Yeah. Just so like, we're just feeding back and forth off each off of each other all to say the work ethic is what got us there and like i said earlier it made it hard i'm sure well for me it made it hard to work with other videographers and for him i'm sure like 
you're never going to shoot an easier music video than for me. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, facts. Period. Yeah, that's yeah. a big fact. So yeah, I mean, just like the symbiotic relationship between all parties and having like that same work ethic and desire to get to a bigger place and always wanting to grow is like what and the essentially and the we are a team. Yeah, the right? sacrifice, the sacrifice yeah. of like, yo, I'm not charging you $250 for these music videos because what we're doing building together is so much more valuable. Right. And I always looked at it early on. I've told people this, like every <clears> video I was doing, I was looking at it as a way to build my reel and my body of work. Yeah. Like with Kyle, like he was one of the first early artists I started working with. It was Samson, Sam King, Kyle, and like none of them I charged really any money for. I, yeah, very uh, low. Uh, if anything, Kyle, nothing. Samson, maybe $100, $200. Sam King was the only one that I charged, but it's like I didn't know him personally. And like he was the one of the first artists that reached out to me after seeing my work on YouTube. And I think I only charged him like 400 bucks. And I like flew to Vegas, did crazy ass videos for two, three days. And like, so it's like I was always looking at the bigger picture. And I think, you know, that's what played. It just helped me so much grow. And, but yeah, going back to it's like you have to find essentially we were a team. We were yeah. still doing our individual thing and trying to grow in our individual space, but we were essentially a team without being a team. We understood, you know, those roles are like, yo, if you win, I win. If I win, you win. And Facts. so it just, yeah, it grew to something crazy, which now we could probably lead into the, that whole no way thing we we're talking about with the big Dawes thing and the first explosion of, you know, yeah, of I mean, we started to get, I mean, we were at a point, there was a point where we dropped a video and expected like a million views. Easy. Yeah. It was yeah, like, yeah. oh, we dropped this, it's a million. Yeah. And now you're like, I just video. feel like your guys' finger was like very much on the pulse of like, and like maybe that's a question I have for y'all because I was like definitely on the outer rim shooting with y'all, but I wasn't like in the mix. Like, right. how did you guys know or like what what was your thought process on like, okay, yeah, this is going to break the internet? I mean, like, what? how did you structure concepts like that? I think you know Zach I mean? would have a better. Yeah, yeah, that was more. Um, I just started seeing people go viral and I didn't see any like music people going viral. It was always pranks. It was always skits. It was always things of that nature. And I'm like, and then, so then I saw somebody go viral, which was high res. Mm, he did yeah, a McDonald's yeah. rap and it went viral, but like, you know, no, no shots at him cause he's doing great things, but he didn't tie it to anything. Hmm. He didn't tie it to a song, an actual song. So he didn't really yeah. like get the most out of it. So I wanted to make sure when I had my moment, it was tied to something. So right. with that being said, I saw Dawes do a nerd rap and he's obviously not a rapper. Yeah. And I'm like, fam, let me do a nerd rap on your channel. Hmm. It's going to go crazy. Right. And that was just kind of how the whole thing started um, as far as far as ha having the hand on the viral pulse. And yeah. from there, from that point on, we expected everything to get yeah, a million yeah. in a week. Yeah, just because we had we, the buzz was so high with you, with the channel, with everything we were doing and just the cross promotion of all the ideas and stuff. And I think going to that nerd reps thing, like I'll say the one thing Zach has always done really well. He he always has and has had good ideas for his videos. And it's more of like bringing, sometimes I think we would collab on ideas and things, but for the most part, I feel like it was you bringing an idea to me and, and then tweaking me it. tweaking it and then bringing it to life. And yeah. a lot of times, like there's some artists that <clears throat> don't know what they want. They have the directors drop a treatment, they do something, but there are certain artists that have a complete vision and they, they know how they want it to look and be. And I feel like you always came to me and was just like, yo, let's do a video where we do this, this, and this. And I'm like, cool, that's great, but let's change this a little bit. And, but it was always coming from your, you know, yeah. your brain and mine. But I think a funny story that where that 
kind of switched in that plays is the whole greatest video idea and song because that was like the next nerd raps thing you did the nerd raps in compton and we're going to shoot the greatest which is the greatest music music the song is what you did in that prank video with dawes yeah and you wanted to do the music video very differently than how it ended up being yeah so i mean i knew that the song was going to be big no matter what because of the prank with dawes dawes wanted to put out the prank and i'm like hold off we cannot put out this prank until my song that the prank actually is drops and is on itunes yeah with that being said i knew i had to shoot a music video to the song so i wanted the music video to be crazy dope Long story short, I invited a bunch of people to to do this big dope video at my old high school and people aren't showing up, things aren't happening, so this elaborate scheme we had for this video couldn't fell work. Apart that morning too. That, like yeah, that, that morning it was like everybody was in, like 50 people are supposed to come and then maybe 10, 15 ended up yeah. showing up. So we had to call an audible right there and basically, you know, we we're like, me and Jake are just brainstorming like, when what, what can we do? How can yeah. we do this? And it's like, well, what if we just make the music video look just like the, the prank. prank video? Mm. Yeah. So we just, I had Cody go to his house and get a wolf tee. Yeah. I stole glasses off one of the people that was already there. I had Dawes pull up and I, we just literally redid the nerd rap video. Wow. and But in a more like cinematic way as yeah. the music video. And it's funny, there are comments p- being like, this is staged. Da, da, da. People not understanding like, hey, this was us like paying, you know, paying homage, homage to, to the, the prank. Yeah, to the prank. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, we shot, uh, that was a complete, like you wanted to do something. It didn't work on the fly. It's like, yo, let's do this. Pivot. And which we've boom. always been great at but there's like, been many a times where that's yeah, happened yeah 100% but like I don't think and that was the one that just took over everything. everything and I don't think we expected it to be as big as it did I mean I think even to this day it's like 27 million 28 million views on YouTube or something like that it might be something crazy. over 30 now over 30 now yeah, that's like, crazy it's insane like, I feel like because we were just talking about it like YouTube I feel like just isn't like hitting the same way like we'll do an overproduced amazing piece of like educational content yeah and just like i mean it's insane like how different every the whole ecosystem is now so yeah yeah i mean and everything too is just i think we got in in a great time yeah i think everything is way more saturated right now there's way more people trying to do it like i mean it's just different it's definitely different and the algorithms are definitely different different as well um so yeah it's not the same as it used to be for sure all social yeah. media is not the same as, right. it, as it used to be i think used to be like the place that you would go and now there's several different apps from spotify yeah. to you know to tiktok all this stuff so like people's yeah. viewership is probably being split exactly several ways exactly 100 yeah. um yeah, so going wild. i mean if now at what point the greatest comes out and it blows up yeah and you start like record labels no yes like you started getting offers or not quite yet like yeah so even to backtrack a little bit like me and you had already built a little bit of steam because we had already done one takes we already did no way we did i be that we did feeling uh feel good so we already had a little bit of traction before the greatest and that had already had me having some label meetings some conversations nothing too serious but like i was meeting with like double xl i'm i I was on every big blog before that i guess i'll smoke is what really got me in all of that which we haven't talked about but i guess i'll smoke was my first record to really like get major coverage right. across all platforms right. um and get me to talk to record labels when the greatest came out it was wild because like i already had my whole year kind of planned out on what i wanted to do for the most part um but it all had to switch when that happened so yeah took meetings with every single label 
um, ultimately didn't end up signing because like when that first check came in, you know, to be fully transparent, I moved to LA with 20 grand in my pocket living with Jake. Yeah. Living there, obviously I spent bread, even as I'm making bread, I think my bank account was down to like four or five grand when the greatest came out. That's crazy. And, um, that song dropped and my first check off of it was like $33,000. Off like YouTube or? Off of the actual song. I wasn't yeah. even, he, you know, the YouTube was on his, that yeah, was right. his. So just off the single, that's just one song. Damn. Then people started buying all my other stuff and my next check was like 50 bands. Jeez. So then I'm going into these labels and <sighs> that's just that just goes to show though how quickly like your, your life, life can change, can change in, in a, a moment. Second. If you just if you just consistently work hard and you put in the work and put in the effort, all it takes is one moment to where Facts. that the, the the switch flips and now you're like just making you're either famous or successful or making all this money or your yeah. business wow. grow. Like it's because so, I mean that's night and day. Like no, in a matter of facts in a matter weeks. of seconds. But yeah. what's what people that that's your tip overnight celebrity right but why i was able to make that much money off jump is because i had catalog catalog yeah. i had three four albums already out i had singles that was doing well so like when the greatest popped off like if you went to itunes i was five of the top 10 slots on itunes from it was no way i guess i'll smoke the greatest my album like yeah. everything was up there so that's why that check was way way more and then so all i'm doing now is just trying to capitalize on the momentum so after the greatest happens i'm like let's do it again so i did another nerd rap at co in a college this time which is the song too easy yeah boom that, that one, one did went big crazy too. yeah i purposely held that to drop it the day after my album dropped so that when people saw go that nerd the rap they go buy the album album goes number one you know what i'm saying so it was just like i mean these are strategic business moves like who yeah. who taught you that you know what i mean like no one or you honestly just, you the just only, felt the it only person i could contribute my business stuff to which is is my dad and he's yeah. not like the illest businessman ever he's not rich by any means but like he always just taught me like having a plan and like he, i always was with him like he ran a dj business he rented out his, his equipment that was one revenue stream he had other djs that worked under him that was a revenue stream he always taught me something you posted the other day he taught me never buy anything until you have double right. what it is right like he just always and he's just a tightwad so <laughs> i think that like just the business and like the money aspect always came from him but for me i just knew that like capitalizing on the moment i've been selling cds since first grade yeah you know so like yeah. it was just a natural thing of like i know i'm selling the most cds after i perform so this is no different i know that i'm selling the most albums after i go viral so let's hold this one off it's going to do what the last one did boom and then let's just ride the wave let me ask you this because like that's something that jake and i have talked about where we are definitely having our moment coming up as filmmakers and there is kind of this fear in the back of your head that this could end at any time and I don't know if it's like touching on imposter syndrome or some sort of thing in your head where like, you know what, like this almost seems too good to be true. Is there mm -hmm. anything you're doing during this like rise or come up that you're like maybe planting seeds? Because some people don't think to do that. And when that thing dries out, they're completely just like left. Yeah. yeah. Stranded. Yeah. Um, I always liked helping other artists. I always liked doing things. So even before I like blew up, I was like hosting local showcases. I was like booking artists to come out and perform. Like I always had my hands in mm -hmm. a lot of stuff. So I was never... I was never worried that necessarily I'd be done with, but in the moment, all you can do is focus on your thing. I think that when you have the momentum, you have to just go. Every, fuck everything else. 
Like right. for real, like planting seeds is dope, obviously. But when you have that moment, it's mm. like anything. If you can give your hundred percent to something, give your hundred percent. So in that moment that I finally had got there, I've been working my entire life to get this moment. All I'm thinking about is how to make more music, how mm. to duplicate uh, yeah. the greatest again and again and again and again and again and again. And then once now the checks are one hundred forty four thousand. The checks are crazy in a month. So I'm just like, OK, well, I need I need I need more of that, more of that. And it was. It was for a longer play, but I knew that it was a moment in time that you was never going to get back. So it was capturing that moment. How much of that, like when those bigger checks were coming in, did you hold on to it and not touch it or like reinvest? Like, did you, were you one that like, we're just like, you know what? I'm not touching this. Like, it's just straight savings. And I'm just like, I know because you didn't like to spend the most money on videos let's be real like well you, the reason I, the, oh that's a good point bring yeah, it the, up the yeah. reason why i never like to spend money on videos is if you look at all the videos me and jacob went all out on spent five grand on four grand whatever compared to me walking down the street yeah. me walking down the street all those videos have millions of views and all the videos that we spend a lot of money on don't have shit right so like my fans naturally just liked to see me in my in my closet walking down the street For sure doing stuff literally with no budget yeah i think that it that is a good point of like knowing what your audience fan base and what works for you and not sure. trying to be someone else that you're not for like sure if you were to try and be like you know a, i'm trying to think of who a big rap artist at the time would be like and try and spend 15 20 racks on a video to look all cool and have these saucy doesn't ass. work it probably wouldn't have worked for you but no. the, the the more natural organic like man on the always rapper on crushed. the street just seemed to work for you and always crush and so i think it's understanding just like, knowing your demographic your yeah. demographic your audience your following and yeah just being smart be like hey this doesn't seem to work and i do this i'm not right. going to keep pushing this issue i'm gonna it's a smarter business decision do to this. just spend less money and do this yeah and so. as far as like the investing like i didn't i'm not like a super flashy person i don't need a lot of things mm -hmm. so like i wasn't out blowing money i think the yeah. first big thing i ever bought was my van which was 33 grand the sprinter I, van the sprinter van and i bought that because i knew i toured a lot and then as far as any other money like i didn't spend money on anything right like i i just stacked up and just kept doing my thing like i just the only thing i ever spent money on was music period i didn't spend yeah, money on anything yeah. else I, I lived in an apartment in la and i made music and i didn't have any wants or needs and didn't really care let me ask you this so there's, there's kind of like because i think this is a cool episode because it kind of like parallels our journey as filmmakers with yours with music yeah and something that i can speak to as like a filmmaker is there's the things that you do that are like commercially successful yeah. that maybe aren't the most creatively fulfilling and yeah. if those records are making you the most money and maybe those are creatively fulfilling but was there ever stuff that you were you actually like singing or rapping more right. that wasn't really hitting. And it's like, how do you juggle like doing something that fills yeah. you creatively, but maybe doesn't get the big yeah, checks. I, you know I think I mean? that's yeah. one of the tougher things about, about any creative. Mm -hmm. If you, if you listen to any creative, like, like people's biggest songs is very rarely their favorite song. Yeah. You know, right. it's like something happened. That song blew up. Like some of my biggest songs, I'm like, Oh, this is so bad. Or like, this is like now, you know, mm -hmm. it's, it's cringeworthy. You're like, dang, I really was talking like this. Um, but yeah, I think that you, you got to kind of give the people what they want a little bit in that moment. And then 
you have to figure out a plan. Everything is a plan, right? Like I, I was on a consulting with somebody the other day and he's like, I do all this different stuff. And I'm like, it's fine for you to do this different stuff, but you can't go way left over here, way left, right over here, go over here all in a week's time. Yeah. Focus your efforts and your energy so you can work on three different albums at the same time if you really want to. But that doesn't mean you're going to drop them all at the same time, right? You, you, I, the fast lane the fast rap lane, milk that, milk that, start slowly introducing other things in. So like if you actually were a fan of me and listened to my album, every album had three, four songs that were singing. Um, and then it was like, now I'm actually going to really promote one of those and make that the main single and see what happens. And then I'm going to go in that lane. So that's cool. It's kind of like you got to figure out what your journey is going to be. It's like Machine Gun Kelly. It's like he's always been a rock star, even though he was a rapper. But now he's a rock star. Mm -hmm. You know, so it's like it was still on brand. It was still him. Now he just took it that whole way. So, yeah. um, But yeah, that is a tough thing to balance when you're like, man, I just want y'all to hear this. Like, I really love this. Yeah. So it's interesting. Yeah. I mean, I know like even for me, like obviously, like for me being on set, and shooting videos or films is much more creatively fulfilling than working on some of our other businesses. Right. But like, it's, it's all about finding that balance because it's like the other businesses and things we do probably make me or us more money than like just shooting working videos. a day on set. And yeah. it's way more tiresome, but it fills you up creatively in the terms of like, yo, you're out there shooting and doing it. So it's like finding that balance of like, yeah, doing that stuff, but not only doing that, like I, I'm, I guess it's different for everyone. Like I like to have my head and hands in a bunch of different places. So right. um, for me, it's just finding the right balance, taking the job that, you know, I like when it comes my way, then working on my own personal investments, business, creative stuff over here, like building the studios. Like I always grew up watching HGTV, liking HGTV. So right. it was almost Weird like up. the film version, <laughs> the, <laughs> almost like the film version of that creatively creating a space. And then it's yeah. fun seeing people creating it. But like, I don't know, like that works for me and maybe it wouldn't work for everyone. Some people are just literally, it's all production, production, production. And that's, um, if you really think about it, life with anybody is balance. Even yeah. your person that works a nine to five, they have to figure out how to balance their time when they get off of work and still give time to the things that they love. You know, like if you and your girl both work a nine to five and then you go, you both get home and you're exhausted. Like, how do you make time for you? How do you make time for kids? How do you make time for your hobbies for, for you might have another dream that you want to pursue. So it's like, no matter who you are in life, you have to find that balance and you have to always fill your cup. You can't pour from an empty cup. So no matter what you're doing, like you have to take the time, even if you're grinding, you know, we all preach like, you know, grind your ass off, right, work right, hard, right. you know, just you got to go. But you, we, you and I both know that at the end of the day, you have to take those breaks yeah. and you have to do things to just fill your cup, no matter what it is. Like it don't even have to be nothing business. Yeah, I've been thinking about recently, like starting to take like some sort of like just MMA training class, like just, yeah, just not, for not cause I want to fight, but I was like, I need something that gives me something to like work towards or have a, yeah. like a, a dedicate. Cause it's like, I work so much and I've gotten really good of like taking time off and just relaxing and stuff, but I still feel like I need something else to like give, you know, yeah. Tom's over here always like welding something or figuring out something like doing extra little things like that. And I feel like I need to like, it's just a creative like hobby. That. That's not for money. It's like just I have, something that you I love. have the working out stuff and right. the, uh, there's other little things, but like, well, I want to get into something like creative burnout, I think is something that all artists struggle with. Yeah. It's like right. when you kind of put your head down and like, yeah, we're all told to like hustle because we see our friends like succeeding and we want to succeed as well. So we right. think, okay, I'm going to work on the weekends. I'm going to work till three in the morning. But then when you like finally come up for air, you're like pretty miserable. You haven't seen any of your friends, your relationships are suffering. So yeah. it is a tightrope for sure. It, and it I've been is. in that situation. For you know? sure. Yeah. So like, what so. is your, I mean, 
what's a 2015 futuristic day look like versus a futuristic day now? You know what I mean? Goodness. Like the height of like all those videos we're talking about, the greatest, this and that, you know, trying to get signed, maybe not get signed, doing the TV stuff, touring versus like life today. So different. It's, <laughs> it's so different. Um, 2015 me, like I was probably touring 200 days out the year. Yeah. I was probably literally gone 200 out of 365 days, probably more actually now that I think about it. Like to break down that year, I started the year off with a tour, January, February. I, p- I picked up another tour and was on tour when The Greatest dropped. So obviously we were filming stuff in between that yeah, somehow. Yeah. Um, and then the greatest dropped. Then I got hit up by a great big world. So then I was doing, I was on tour while flying to do Jimmy Fallon. Literally I was in, I'll never forget this three day span. I had a show in San Diego, flew to New York and did Jimmy Fallon. Plus there's a time difference. So by the time I flew there, they filmed Jimmy Fallon in the morning. So I did my show, got off stage at 10 o'clock, went to the airport, flew to L- uh, flew to New York, did Jimmy Fallon show, flew back, did a show in LA, flew back, did Good Day New York, flew to Michigan the same day, met a kid from Make-A-Wish Foundation, flew back to Sacramento, did a show that night. Like that Crazy. was my life. Yeah, I was only sleeping on planes for like a year, year and a half, like, which is crazy, which also led me to just know that like, I didn't want to do that forever. Never wanted that to be the case. So in 2017, I moved back to Arizona. I really started dabbling in other businesses. And so my life today is almost like a nine to five for the most part. Like I wake up every day at seven with my son, um, you know, change his diaper, get him back in bed. Yeah. I go to the, so I get my hour of quality time with my son i go to the gym from eight until ten i come back home um i basically shower up uh my meetings and my work with indie amplify starts at 11 so from 11 to 1 i'm in meetings usually from 1 to 3 i'm filming then i take my lunch like it's yeah. almost that regimented and then it, from four till like seven i basically game plan for what i'm doing the next day like i'm making calls getting people to try to sign up for the website like doing all catching up like my relationships like business relationships from like four to seven and just planning that out so but i feel like you're able to do that now because of that initial investment into yeah, in those early years for grinding sure. and then doing those days where you're on tour for 200 days flying here flying there like you laid that groundwork then so yeah. like now you don't have to do that because imagine either getting that late start or not really putting in that grind of effort until you're this age now and now oh it's when you're like possible yeah like, so i i feel like you put in that heavy work early on so now you can kind of pick and choose what you want to do you have more freedom because you have Facts. that money saved up now it's so it's like i think it's important it's tough because you don't want to like you don't want to waste your early years just like not enjoying life and just grinding grinding hustling but at the same time like or you the the flip side of that is you do that and then you get so to you just can enjoy, enjoy the, the life the rest of your life so yeah i mean and i, I i'm not gonna say that i didn't enjoy my life even in those times and same right. with you you know right. like, as much as we worked and as much as we grinded we still like, enjoyed it we still enjoyed it and we yeah. still had great moments and great times and and friends it's just it's just communicating with your friends and your family and letting them know like, yo, this is me and this is what I'm on. And like, 
really outworking everybody yeah. else and just yeah. that's what it is i just thought of a funny story when you said like we enjoyed the time remember the rooftop air party yeah and then wasted they, y'all i got wasted but then y'all slipped me some some uh what was it weed taffy and yeah stuff. <laughs> yeah <laughs> I, but i still don't remember that and they swear that i was like high and that they slipped me some weed taffy he was cr- and- he was crossfaded but he was so drunk he didn't even realize he was high yeah you know that what I'm had saying? to have been what it was one sec Talking about being high, how high were you for? Uh, I guess I'll smoke. Oh, oh my yeah, <laughs> dude, miserably high. Yeah, I remember I was that. Miser- so <laughs> the crazy thing—it's weird because I feel like everybody's you know into the weed culture now. I was smoking weed when I was like 12, 13, 14, whatever. I quit smoking when I came to McClintock, A, moved to a new place, didn't have no connects, whatever. And then B, I felt it in my chest during basketball tryouts. And I'm like, yo, I'm not, I'm not smoking. Right. I remember my first time coming back to smoke was a party after the season was over and I had never felt this before. I was mad paranoid. I felt mad weird. I felt like I was pissing myself. <laughs> I felt like my face was melting off. So I'm I'm checking myself in the bathroom like every five minutes. The time's going by so slow. From that moment, I've never been the same with like smoking. So I really don't smoke. Yeah. The song I Guess I'll Smoke stemmed from being on tour with Dizzy Wright and every night he's like, yo man, come <laughs> on man, you, you not gonna smoke bro, you lame. You got it. And I'm just like, <laughs> that was pretty good. you know what I'm saying? And, and I drink but I don't smoke. So the song basically happened, if you really listen to it, it's like I'm talking about being peer pressured to smoke. Yeah. So that video shoot, everybody smoking mad weed. Jake is probably uncomfortable because we're shooting in his house. Yeah, my loft. Yeah, yeah. Everybody's. I don't live in LA at this point, so everybody's just and in, in Jake's crib. Mad stoners. And Halloween. the bone thug guy was there too, right? Yeah, yeah. Lazy Bone is yeah, on yeah. the song. He's <laughs> a lot of people were there. Uh, yeah, Mark Battles. Kyle Brick, was there too. D-Y, oh no, Brick Dy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Triz. Yeah, other yeah. people. So yeah, everybody's smoking. I had to keep doing the same shot over, over and, and over. over again, of me, and I'm like. I'm like, yo, Jake, we normally get this in one take. Why do I have to keep hitting this? I, I think he's playing with me. I went upstairs and passed out. Like yeah, not pa- the- I couldn't pass out. I couldn't fall asleep. I just had the spins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you guys were still shooting the video downstairs. I didn't come back down. Yeah. I didn't come back down. I, I pieced over the balcony. All right, y'all. Yeah. Appreciate y'all. I was done. Well, didn't yeah. you also do that like be real thing beforehand? So no, you- that was after. I thought you did like the or, car smoke I don't know box. if that was the same day. It might have been. I've had a couple days yeah. like that be, because of that song after yeah. that song came out where it's like, dude, I've been I've been sponsored by like four weed companies. I just give it to all the homies. I have yeah. been booked on the biggest weed fest in the world multiple times. I've done a raw paper cipher. I've done all this different stuff. And it's just like everybody's passing you the blunt. And it's just like, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> <Blow> <laughs> you know, every time. And, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so I guess I'll smoke was is probably my most profitable thing I've ever done. I was actually. I was literally just going to ask like what what do you think is the most profitable song, video, whatever kind of like singular thing that could be tied together that you've like done do you think? I mean look, there's three different ways you could look at it. There's three three songs that would compete for that spot. One being I guess I'll smoke because it brought me sponsorships of like one of my sponsors was like a hundred grand in a year for the sponsor. You know, then it got me on all sorts of weed fest that weed fest pay really good, like 15, right. 20 grand a show type shit. So I've done a bunch of those. And then like I've had, like I said, multiple sponsorships. So that's that. And that song streams really well and doesn't die. It's mm-hmm. like a memory that everybody has. Like, yo, first time I smoked was two, I guess I'll smoke. Yeah. So that there's that's the a, first time I smoked. Yeah. First time you was, smoked was you two, I guess I'll smoke. We played the song and yeah. smoked. Yeah. So that that's like one, the great, Greatest, I think probably you still have to chalk that one up as the most profitable, not on the song solely, although that has 
brought a ton of revenue, but that was really, if you asked 100 futuristic fans how they discovered me, probably 60 of them are going to say that. So everything that happened after that stemmed from that. And then Epiphany with NF is my most streamed song um, by a long shot. You know what's funny is, uh, obviously, because all the videos are still on the Buff Nerds and all get, I've been getting a ton of notifications really, or recently, of people like, it's 2021, who's still bumping this? And the main three comments of stuff are the greatest epiphany and then I'll guess I'll smoke. But yeah. I would say I would see by far the most epiphany and the greatest for sure. I see that those yeah. comments come in all the time. It's 2021. Who's still listening? Like, yeah, it's been happening a lot more recently. Yeah. And dude, the, the thing that trips me out most is like, whether they say it to me or like you, I see it on comments, like, bro, you were my shit in the sixth grade. And they're like oh in college now or like Look grown adults, 25, like have jobs. I get and it a kid. every day. And it's like the, Stop saying that shit to me. It's the worst, <laughs> it's the worst compliment. Nah, people come up to me all the time and it's like, it'll be a six, five swole, big beard. Like, yo bro, like you was my shit in sixth grade. And I'm like, <laughs> nigga, you're 50. What are you talking about? <laughs> like, what are you talking about right now? But yeah, that happens ev- literally every day, yeah. every single day. Go to the gym, at least one or two people go to the mall 10, 20 people. And it's just like, every time it's, you were my favorite. Are you still making music? And it's, yeah. It's kind of crazy to hear that because I obviously never have slowed down, but like we really had a moment. We really dominated the YouTube space for like three years. Facts. And everybody, like I used to do this thing called the one take contest. All the biggest YouTube rappers now did it, did that contest. I remember that. It's crazy too. It's like, I look at like, and this isn't like a shade or anything, but like Cole Bennett has kind of t- like taken this baton and done it with this like SoundCloud rapper generations. Yeah. But like that I, was you kind guys of us, for yeah. sure pineered. That's I, why I've I, had I've had people I mean? come up to me, whether it's yeah, in a DM or in person and be like, yo, you were Cole Bennett before Cole Bennett. Like you and the whole Buffners, like squad, Kyle. Because he's doing King, that just that now stuff, with like, like this generation's rappers. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? So Yeah. No, honestly, one huge thing that I wish would have happened is like and i and jake can probably attest to this i was always the one like trying to get everybody together to yeah. be that yeah, yeah, yeah. i was always Facts. the one like um because i always liked the idea of like having my own label and like you know making it to where like we all move together and we kind of were but like he said yeah. we never put a title on it and we never like did it and so like we had a meeting with some really dope artists that were on buff nerds and was like Yo, we could really do this, and I booked a whole tour for it. Yeah, and I remember we were there's. I still have the Facebook group, like that. Man, I haven't been deleted sick. yet. It says like Buff Nerds on tour, and it had the picture when we did no budget, where I'm sitting in the chair, yep. and it's Kyle, Sam, D Fields, you, Dy, all sitting around me. We were trying to do that. I I super me yeah. well me and Jake, yeah, me yeah. and Jake were really like, you know, once once I saw the impact, and that's mm. the that's the thing is like once you can create a culture around something, that's your brand, and we had created a culture mm. where people were coming to his page to find new up and coming rappers Correct. and we were curating what the new YouTube rapper sound Absolutely. and look was going to be and we had a conversation about it and we went to LA and we met with people and it was like yo we could really do this but naturally because of egos and, yeah. and not just egos but people's plans and what they wanted for themselves which I'm not saying it was a bad move for you right. know everybody everybody's doing their own thing now mm. but 
I think if we would have stuck together and started to pull more people, like I said, all those YouTube rappers that are huge now could have been under us. Dude, yeah, we 100%. Like, there we could, could have be had a, a buff oh, nerds, like, futuristic Jacob Owens. I don't know what the name we would have been. Calling whatever it. we would have had to call it, music label, which that would have been the catalyst and start for that. And, like, who knows what that'd be today. Well, maybe like, this facts. is a good pivot to what you've built. I mean, you're rocking the hat. I mean, you definitely yeah, have built kind of what you're talking about. And maybe you can touch on that. And, like, maybe where in your sort of, because we've kind of catalyzed your journey is like yeah. working together but also like you're come up as an artist when along that timeline where you're like you know what pause this whole thing and i'm gonna go and build a tech company because that is a kind of a crazy pivot just yeah to be completely honest, yeah you know no I mean? for sure i think that like i said from day one i've always been an entrepreneur like from selling pokemon cards and beanie babies as a kid to this so yeah there's actually a memory from today, which I just showed Jake. Maybe yeah. we can throw the picture up or something. But yeah, I'll throw it up. At the end of my tour in 2016, I was just gassed. I didn't want to do it no more. I was done. Like, not that I didn't want to make music, but I'm like, yo, this, I'm cool. Like, I'm straight off this. And on top of that, like you said, your relationships and all that, all my relationships were suffering. And so... I got to the point where I just wanted to live. And sometimes this is something that we have to think about as, as people that, you know, do make a good income is like you built something for a reason. It's okay sometimes to just enjoy the fruits of your labor. So yeah. I was at a point where I wanted to do that. So that was 2016, 2017. I moved back out to Arizona. I bought a house and I just was, I have a list of ideas in my phone of yeah. probably a hundred different businesses that I would like to start, you know, before I die. Yeah. So I just started going through there. And, and like I, when I moved back here, I found all these dope artists. So I'm just like, how can I start to do that idea that me and Jake had of working with other artists and building something for them? So I, I tried to kind of make like a, a label. I tried to do a couple of different things and same thing kept happening where it's like people's egos get in the way. And then yeah. you're, you're basically babysitting you're babysitting. When you manage an artist or you have a label, you're babysitting these grown ass men that you can't control. So it's just like, I didn't want to control nobody. I want y'all to have the freedom. That's why I wanted to start the label so you can do your own thing. But at the same time, if you're not working hard, I can't work hard for you. All that to be said, Indie Amplify is something that like, I don't have to babysit anybody. I don't have to be there for you every step of the way. It's like, I'm going to help you. I'm going to get you on this site. And not just for y'all, it helps the people that are on the site, but it also helps everybody outside of the site. So yeah. what, what Indie Amplify is, is a one-stop shop marketplace for musicians and creatives to really pop off. So when I was coming up, you know, I got the feature from NF and from Hopson and Dizzy and Tech Nine and all these different people. I had to build those relationships to get those features, which then changed my life. Right Now, Indie Amplify, you hop on that thing like Amazon and yeah. you cop the feature. You know, you want me on your song? Boom. Oh, Futuristic's $2,000. Oh, he'll shoot a music video for $500 for me. Oh, he'll post it on a story for another $200. You book it, it's done. Yeah. That's so it can change your life how how basically 10 years of hard work made, made it... A, easy for me to not easy but i could change my life now you could do it with just shopping on the yeah, site yeah i think That's any cool. good business idea comes from something that you've experienced yourself right and Facts. like needing a solution for it and finding that like product market fit where you're like yo like this 
this would help me tremendously or this would have helped me tremendously. And you take from what you've learned and like, then you build that. And so, yeah, you took basically all the the hard things about your journey coming up. It was just like, yo, I'm going to implement that into this thing that like helps people to make coming it easy up for to everybody make it easier. else. Yeah. yeah. It's like, which is pretty much all businesses, you yeah. know, like yeah. how you guys were doing lens flares on that thing compared to prism lens effects. Right. Like, right. Yeah. Now it's mad easy. So same thing, like all these features that I built relationships for five, 10 years to get. Now it's like, you can just go on and book them, send them a song they accept it so or deny it and do it. Would you say, is that like your main focus right now? By like what's, far. Yeah. By far, Indie Amplify is like my, I don't want to say my end goal, but like it's the thing that like if I am known as like the dude who made Indie Amplify, which changed the music industry, that's a way cooler thing than the nerd rapper in comedy. Yeah, yeah, I agree. You Let know, me ask so, you this. So like initially when you first maybe thought of the idea and wanted to start building it, was there ever anything in you as an artist, not as an entrepreneur, but you as an artist, like, dang, if I do this, people are going to think it's corny that I'm, you know, making an e-com site for features. It was, was that ever in the back of your head, like kind of in your ear, like, oh, my fans are going to, because it's not, I think it's super dope. But yeah. did you have an initial like fear of like th- fearing what people would think? I didn't that, have an, you know? an initial fear necessarily. Um, I think the hardest part is how to market it and not let it take over everything right like the hardest thing is is to keep especially as a rapper which is a little bit different than being a videographer like as jacob owens as tom like y'all can y'all can post prism lens effects on your page as many times as you want you can also post tropicolor they all go with this video stuff as a rapper you have this persona of like you need to be this type of human Hmm. being you know so it's kind of the balance of when do you let it take all the way over or do you not? So it wasn't in the idea of like it being corny or this or that. It was just a matter of like, how much do I push this from futuristic or how much do I let it live on its own? See, that I mean, I still think I even struggle, with, struggle that with that a little that. bit because I think it applies to what we do because it's like people know me or knew me, whatever, as a filmmaker, music video director, whatever. Right. And then it's like, like, I feel like I don't want to be perceived as, oh, that dude that's hawking filters. Like, you know what I mean? And so it's like finding that balance of like, yo, this is very much like all of us use this shit. Like, so don't act like you wouldn't use this. Like we use it practically on set in what we're doing. And then we built a more affordable option for people with, you know, new filters. So, but it's like finding that balance of like, Hey, I use this and I still work and, you know, make videos and films or whatever. But like, I also have this thing over here. You should check it out. Like here's, you know, and it's like finding that I I don't want to be known as, yeah, that the prison lens effects guy. Yeah. Well, not like, I don't think that's a bad thing, but it's like, I I think what I'm saying, I struggle in is finding that balance sometimes of like how much is promoting it and pushing it too far versus like only really promoting my film shit. Like, you know what I mean? So, well, and then the hardest part as an artist you know, that's a little different from that part is like what happens when tours come up or this or that. It's like to leave your business for a month and a half or something like that. Like that's what we're talking about. Cause we want to do like a feature film, like a full 90 minute, like you'll see this shit on Netflix type thing. And like, that would, that's going to pull you from everything else leaving for probably a month or two. We've been talking about it for the last like year to two years. Like, yo, we got it. Like we have so many ideas and yo, let's just go fund and shoot our own indie feature. We can, we have the gear, we have the knowledge, we we have the resources. Right. But then it's like always in the the back of our head, like, yo, what's going to happen to the businesses if we do that? But also like there's, we always have a new idea for the businesses too that we yeah. got to knock out and do. It's like, oh, the, if there's you don't this have new- anything new come out for how long would it take you to film a feature film? 
like about a month, but that's just okay. a month of shooting. There's yeah. definitely a month of scouting and then the probably right. months so of three, four months. Yeah. If you have no new ideas for your other businesses, you're not here to shoot for them. You're not here to edit for them. You're not here to do Mark any of those things. Anything. It's just like, well, it's a you, garden. If you don't water, it's going to die. Yeah. You know so I mean? like, it's just a matter of, and for me, it's like, I'm the voice on Indie Amplify too. And I'm the face. So now I'm the face of futuristic. I'm the face of Indie Amplify. So that's the hard balance. At least like you guys could and maybe I'm wrong, but may, you could hire yeah. people to make the content and, and drop like do all that stuff. Like if I go on tour, I have to still film Indie Amplify content on tour. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So it's just a matter of doing that. But I do feel like I'm in a space. When I, when I knew that I wanted to go the Indie Amplify route and, and that be higher than music, when I'm talking, like when I go to radio interviews, I much rather do this than spit a freestyle. Yeah. I much rather talk about the business. When I see artists like my artist Oswin Benjamin, Anakin, Chris Rivers, when they rap, it makes me not want to rap. Y'all are so good. I don't need to rap. Hmm. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like I did my shit. Like I enjoy music for me now. And indie amplify is something that like if I can help all these different artists and I can speak about it and I can give y'all all the game I've learned in this time and keep learning and keep giving y'all the game, I would rather do that than go and wrap my ass off. And part of being a rapper is like this competitive like right. spirit and like I don't have that. Yeah, like, yeah. When I was coming up, I just wanted to be the best rapper. Yeah, yeah. I wanted to rap on every radio interview. I wanted to kill this person and kill that person and it was this chip on my shoulder. Now I'm <laughs> like, I don't. There's no part of me that wants to do that. There's no part of me that wants to rap against anybody. So I want to help. Is everybody. there like a? Do you foresee there being like any more? Like, would there be another album? You think? Or uh, yeah, I'll, I'll always make music. The music is a lot different than it used to be, right. and my fan base still obviously likes me to make music. But I think that like what I want to do is when I make music, is almost like show the business behind it. Like, mm. it, like next year, my plan, my plan for next year is. Drop big songs with big features. Talk about how I got those features on Indie Amplify. Book a tour that's not my tour. I want to do a seminar in the daytime. And then if you pay the money to be on the seminar, you get a chance to open up the show. And it might be like a Tech Nine show. Or it might be like a this show or a that show. So like I want to brand I want to I want Just Indie Amplify to sponsor all these big artists and be part of their touring See, and part of yeah. the I want to build a culture around Indie Amplify and then I just want to live in that culture. I think that's so cool because I know? feel like there's, as you can probably attest to, there's probably so many commissioners and A&R people who've held their cards up for high for so long and it's kind of cool. Like I, in filmmaking, there's always been like resources like Jake's channel where you could like learn and get game, but uh, maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like to there's my knowledge that rap, no. for music. So it's kind of cool yeah. that you're like laying all the cards out. I think that's awesome, you know, yeah, to, yeah. to show and the whole I, process. I do really, really enjoy it. So yeah, my, my thing is just creating a culture and creating opportunities. Like the contest that I used to do, like doing that times 10 like what could happen like one day what if i could throw a contest to get a verse from eminem what would that be like yeah you know what i'm That'd saying like crazy. i want to be the person that makes that happen for somebody That'd be i think some you said though is the key thing is like um you know you you enjoy it right now and what you're yeah. doing right and you're not like forcing anything in that in terms of that like you thoroughly enjoy indie amplify and thoroughly like enjoy trying to build it and make it something and that's like a key i think for anyone is like if you're trying to build something like you, you have need to, to love it you need to love it and enjoy it like everything that we do we do enjoy it you know what i mean and the things that we have tried to do that have like maybe failed, which I, I don't think that podcast episode has dropped yet. We talk about like failed businesses and ideas we've had. Okay. It's not because they didn't work because we weren't fully invested, we weren't invested and we didn't love it. Like the other stuff we do, 
you, you know, that is successful. And I, I promise you that's the reason why they weren't successful because we didn't love it. And so I think that's super important for anyone listening is like whatever you're kind of doing. And so same thing with you music, you started to not maybe love it as much or like Facts. as much, or you found something that you loved more. So you put your attention there and yeah, you don't maybe do music as much, like you said, um, cause it's just, yeah. but if you like, we're like trying to ignore that feeling of not loving it as much and we're just trying to make music oh, and miserable. put out, you'd be, yeah, you'd hate If hate I was it. just touring nonstop and just kept doing the same pattern, kept making the same style songs that fans wanted from me right. and just did that, yeah, you'd be lit super miserable yeah, yeah and that's where it's like understanding the balance of of life and work and everything you know even when i look at obviously it's like i want to do movies one day but i know a lot of people that shoot movies also have like terrible personal lives because they're gone for six months away yeah. from their family they miss everything so it's like you you got to understand with everything there's there's pros and cons and you may be doing the thing that ultimately you love like you loved music but sometimes it like it, it sucked right yeah. and so yeah finding that balance and yeah focusing on the things you love and once you don't really love that thing anymore like don't try and force it find find something else you can put your you know love and attention to that you, you really do enjoy um because yeah i feel like that's like been our secret sauce with a lot of the stuff we've done you gotta really know. love it yeah no um, i i tell people that like a lot of kids that ask me like yo what should i do like i don't know which direction to go i always tell people i'm like make a list of 10 things that you love then think of every job or every business you could create or work for that involves those things mm -hmm. find the ones that cross over the most like two things that go together and build that yeah that's cool i've yes. never i like that yeah I, I tell people that all the time i I didn't really get it from anywhere I, I did it for me like when i when i wrote that list of businesses for me right it was like what 10 things do i love the most okay cool here they are what businesses can i start or where can i work and do this so yeah if any, anybody that's watching I, I always suggest that to people that are in high school like cool you love cats basketball this that and whatever <laughs> cool find the next air bud make it a movie <laughs> yeah. you know but build a cat basketball there league, you go you know <laughs> but that's how you're gonna really no, you know you kidding. put together things yeah. that you love and that are useful and and you'll never be miserable like, yeah you know yeah it keeps you it keeps you waking up and even on your bad days like there's days obviously where you're like yo fuck all this i'm sure yeah no there's not, no never? I, I mean you ever had a day where just multiple things go wrong within multiple businesses yeah. and you're yeah, just like, yeah. like oh my yeah why, no why yeah. am i doing this <laughs> honestly you know? yeah sure. we had yeah july with, without getting to and it was like definitely well i don't know if you felt it in your businesses but like for sure yeah. facebook once a week basically what are we talking about, ditched, we talking about? like the facebook pixel so all of our ad accounts just were tanking or mm. in our perception they weren't like firing the way they should have right and it was rough to like be like oh dang like we need a retool but yeah. you know what i will say to anyone listening and watching is like having those moments are completely completely sobering because it literally lights a fire under your ass and yeah. you're basically falling through the air and you need to figure out how to pull that parachute and like like having that actually like completely allowed us to shift gears and we like retooled one of our businesses and now it's the most profitable it's ever been yeah right and it, it was because like we were like literally looking at our p l something terrible and we're like, yeah. Well, yeah same thing with yeah. uh the first one that ever happened was your YouTube channel. Yeah, yeah. When he yeah. lost, he had it like a dummy made a uh, made his yeah. his ASU email his original YouTube email. So yeah. when he graduated from ASU, he no longer had access to that email. Yeah. So we lost the first channel, which oh. had a couple of the videos, which on. had a couple of I our, was wondering our, our that. Owens Owens MHS nineteen ninety. We had our biggest videos, you know, yeah. at the time. And when he lost that, bro, we yeah. were like 
bro, what are we going to... It probably had maybe 10,000 subscribers I know, or something. But it led to starting the Buff Nerds YouTube channel and like grinding and putting and those videos back up and, and lit a fire. So it's like, yeah, I mean, case in point, there was a moment like in July where a lot of stuff was just kind of going wrong. It was just like, I remember being like, yo, yeah, like kind of like a fuck all this moment. Like you take the day off and like don't do shit because you're and just then like, tomorrow, bro, you're and like, then tomorrow you're like, how are we going to get this? No, honestly, no. I, yeah. I not to say I love those moments, but it is really sobering because it completely realigns your uh like the tasks at hand and you just are now every day you're waking up how can i steer this ship and it's yeah. kind of i mean it was really it changed everything and to, so. and to understand that happens to everyone i don't care time, yeah. what level you're at in your life i mean from the biggest probably you know uh business people in the world that are billionaires multi-millionaires biggest companies small people people with the nine to five like this happens across the board to anyone and everyone mm. and like, actually there's just some things in life you can't control it's how you bounce back that really defines who you are and what your company is going to be yeah period. yeah yeah, so look at COVID's an example. Yeah, <laughs> you know, no, I mean that screwed a lot of people over, but also a, helped a lot of people. Yeah, I was gonna say it screwed a lot of people, but I also know stories from people where like low key changed the game for them, and it, like it's like yo, thank God for COVID because they yeah. they've completely turned their life around and like created a business that they would have never done otherwise. Or learned and, a new like, skill. Learned yeah, a new skill. Yeah, yeah. And I know for us, like that was even the start of like, yo, let's do this learn cinematography thing. Let's build this class. Like right. we're not, we can't actively go out and shoot productions right now. Let's just shoot our own thing and like right. teach people how to like make videos and build a course. And that was huge for us and like a whole new eye-opening thing. And yeah. right. just we learned new things. We built a new business. We made some money. We helped a lot of people. I can't tell you how many messages we get of people just like, yo, like I learned way more in this than I ever did in film school. Ain't or that like, crazy. Or you're going to save me so much money by me buying this and not paying to go to film school. So it's, yeah. I mean, sometimes you just need those, those like, oh shit moments. What now? It's like really, yeah. Light a fire. Facts. And, and uh, I know even for you, like buying your house, you were like, yo, like that was like a huge thing for oh, me. Yeah. And it like, it definitely like didn't set you back, but you're at a point like, yo, I got to make some more money. I got to oh, yeah. keep going. Gotta I got you know yeah. I mean? so, it. Yeah. I think to close this out, given that this is a filmmaking podcast, let's just speed round share our favorite and least favorite futuristic video that we've all worked on. Oh, I know Tom's right off the My bat. My favorite, Jeez. I really like, and the least favorite isn't even like off the song, maybe just like, maybe from the cinematography or whatever, but my favorite, and it's one of the more low key ones, is like, this will kill us both. I love oh, wow. the Malibu. Interesting. We were like, the waves are coming. That's your coming. favorite. I, that video's tight to me. <laughs> Mind you, we've done like dope ones, right? Call of yeah. Duty, we did, I mean, we've done some massive ones. I just remember that one, like driving home, like the sun was setting. I was like, dude, we like nailed that. And like, that was like off the I think we got hill. it on the first take too. Yeah, yeah one or two. And like, Ronin, dude, I just remember like the waves. The it was just like from a cinematic lens. I know obviously it wasn't the most viral. Right. I was like, this video's dope. So. Right. Um, and then least favorite, it wasn't even your video. It was uh, the popping like a soda can. I just remember <laughs> Like that, he always uh, that one. Up. I think what is that? Mickey Zobo. Oh, Mickey like, I'm popping like a soda candy. It, it was just brings that up so only much. because you the next day brought me out to the Mill Ave and I blacked out and like uh, we, oh, you remember got that? we got cheese. <laughs> I got cheese. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so those are my two speed round. Dude, um, I was so wasted during that video. Oh, yeah. Oh my god. I mean, and that next day on Mill Ave too. Remember yeah. what you did with my shirt? <laughs> Zach just took my shirt. What was that one place? So I, that was the the uh, the straw that broke the camel's back. It was like this like octane slushy. Once I drank oh, that, Fat Tuesday, oh, I was yeah. done. Yeah. yeah, he was he was toast. <laughs> it was uh -huh. like nine o'clock, and my guy was getting cheese. <laughs> um, but yeah, what's your fave video? Maybe from it doesn't have to be from like a metrics point. Just maybe like from like a wow, this video turned out, and then one where like yeah, that one's it. I honestly, you go first. 
Jake, you go. Cause Dude, I have so no tough. idea. We've, yeah. I mean, we've shot so much. I guarantee you would say one and I'd be like, Oh no, no, that one, you know? Cause it's just like, there's so many, I mean, just off the rip that one that pops into my head the most is call of duty as my favorite, favorite just because it was very fun to shoot. I thought it was a funny, clever idea. It created a lot of little turmoil and beef and buzz and like, yeah. and it was just us having fun there was no like ill will it was just like yo playing call of duty with my friends i'm gonna kill all y'all but kind of all also double entendre like i kill a rap game too yeah yeah and i just thought it was a good idea it was really fun to shoot all of our friends came together it looked cool i I thought it was funny it did well too it's relatively not compared to some of them but i think that one just kind of stands out of my head i was like that was a that was a fun one was there one that you're like from a concept went into the day and you're like oh man this one didn't really turn out like you know, maybe like least favorite. In least of- favorite is honestly probably the one. It's just, it's very small. It was on like my DSLR in your back alley of the apartment. Is and that I, King's Speech or no? No, no, not King's Speech. It was back then because I had to just meticulously draw, hand draw these red uh, little animations oh, through that. the whole video. And it wasn't anything, anything crazy. We were just like walking down your alley. Yeah. So it's not like it was even anything fun to shoot. And like, I just had to, I just remember just like frame by frame draw this thing and i like was learning how to do it it just sucked. it's funny because he wasn't supposed to do it we were supposed to give it to somebody else to do it and then jake sent me an edit yeah you were like you're like i don't know how to do that and and then uh you asked sam because sam had somebody that knew how and then you just did it that night that's funny crazy and he sent it back the next i remember that specifically but yeah all right um for me I think for me, it's always when you do so many things, right? It's kind of like, what's the first time you did something Mm. really dope, right? Like the first time you sell sell out a show is like the best stuff ever, you know? So for me, it would probably be that thing because Mm. it was the the first time that I really like the concept was dope. The filming was dope. I felt special because y'all really like brought in a whole crew. My first time having a full crew, I'm like, oh, dope. Jake really rocks with this. You know what people don't realize? We had that bowling alley for three hours. Four hours. Four hours. And we shot that video. And I remember that looks like a massive. I mean, it was. But like the fact that we did that before we were done by 12 o'clock p.m. And there was technical difficulties. I think the guy was late. The Steadicam dude. Yeah. 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 He was like an hour late we wasted like 45 minutes putting the camera together yeah like trying to get the camera because well, right. that was early days and Y'all didn't still, even really, yeah you we were learning. still were learning yeah. how to do all that stuff and that was i think the very first video we had steady cam on and yeah like i forgot we had that much limited time but yeah. you look at the video and it's like Dude, that it's, so it's well done yeah it looks no, great and that's and, 2014 that's yeah. nuts, 2014. So that was literally like wow. right so that, after I moved out to LA. Yeah, that was like my first one that I felt like, oh, wow, this is what it feels like. Like, this is what it really is. Yeah. Um, and it was like, it was a life decision because I had to actually put some bread Money up for it. It. Yeah. it wasn't a lot. It, right. it might have been three grand or something. I was going to say, I think it was like 3,500. Yeah, 35 probably. Think, yeah, I think. So that one was a big one Um, for me. Least favorite would probably be... That day that we shot those three, the last one we yeah. shot, the no service one. Yeah. And I think it was, it was just brutal. because we were all gassed. We were all done. Yeah. And then I could tell he didn't want to shoot it. Yeah, yeah. Like he was just over it. And I it was. That's facts. I, I really was just like, yo, fuck this. Like, yeah. Yeah. Because we kind of put, I think, all of our energy into the one with the girl dancing. Let's do it. Yeah, which, well, is, which is a cool video. One, so we did the one. It never, you never put it out. It's like where you're can't like, go back. Yeah, where it's like no pushing. Service. It's the slow mo where you're sitting in the chair yeah. in the corner yeah. with the light, and then we're yeah. like pushing down the the. Was it just alley, those three? Or was there one no, more that day? Three. 
It was those three. Because we shot Do more. It. Then yeah. we went upstairs and Quaid was steady cam and we shot him pushing in on you on the chair, the close up. Then you're in the alleyway or the, the hallway. And then in that same upstairs area later, once it got dark, we shot the no service one. Yeah. And yeah, I just remember, I yeah. think it was, I think. I was just creatively fully tapped out. It was kind of like a little bit of a mess. We didn't, I don't know if we really had a full plan and it was just kind of being, I don't, I don't even really remember why, yeah, but yeah. I, I do remember you saying that, like not being the most stoked about it all on yeah, that yeah. last one. And I didn't, I didn't even love how it turned out all the way. Like it was cool, yeah. but yeah, all, all in all, it was just like, it was like a, 14 hour day yeah. or something. Yeah, no, yeah. it's nuts. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you're shooting three videos, all different ideas in one day. It's not it's not easy. Yeah. But I like to do it one like cool. The 2K21 is by far, I think, our most polished video. But like yeah. like you said, like we've done so many that like the first one usually kind of rings a little bit more yeah. like a memory. You know yeah, I mean? yeah, so. facts. Yeah, I think there's just more, I think nostalgia plays a lot into that stuff too and just like good memories will play Because we were into already like, like all in our bag when we did 2K21. We're like, we were still like very much all figuring it out in the earlier ones, I feel like. Yeah. Yeah, you know yeah, I mean? we're all professionals now. I mean, it's kind of it's it's like dope, but also kind of sad because like yeah, the it's like the feeling that you get from that first one, you'll never get that. No, 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 no. I talk about I say that when it comes to like big movie stars or people that have reached the pinnacle in something like let's say Harry Potter. Yeah, you just have to know you will never do another movie series anything ever again Even that will close. touch that. Oh yeah, like to just know like hey like. I will never get back to that place no matter what I do. There's nothing that will ever touch that. And to yeah. just know as an artist, like, yo, that was the best time of my life that I'm going to have. Yeah. I, feel I think like you just have like to like accept thing. it opposed to like letting it like haunt you your whole life. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And just like lean it or you know what I mean? Like I, that must be kind of crazy. I mean, I know obviously we're kind of trying to wrap it up, but I mean, I'm sure there's even filmmakers who peak and you're like, damn, like I'm, how am I going to beat in that? Every, you know? In every which way. I mean, there's yeah. people that every person has a peak that they, that when they're 82 years old and they're showing you photos or they're talking to you, it's the, in my day, I was did it. Yeah. For some people that's, oh, they were on the varsity basketball team in high school and that's the best moments yeah. of their life, wow. you know? So everybody has a peak for sure, but it is not getting drunk, talking about your peak for the next 50 years. It's more so how, how can you turn, oh, you were a basketball star in high school. How can you now be a coach, a commentator or this or that? Oh, you were a famous rapper. How do you now make Indie Amplify? Oh, you shot the illest videos. And how do you now teach people to do that? You know? So it's kind of like understanding the seasons of life and going with the seasons and loving each moment because if you chase that moment for the rest of your life and you never get it again you're gonna be miserable but yeah. if you take that as fuel and then start something else to get new moments yeah, you know yeah. like i agree that's fact that's when you really where you really live I like and prosper. That. because yeah. yeah you can't like if i were to just even right now like be just trying to grind on music videos to get back to that imagine? moment where we we're just getting millions of views on my channel or with other artists like yeah. and i never get that yeah, or i'm main just searching for just that and that's videos my main for your focus channel. i'd probably be miserable you know what i mean but it's like taking what i've earned learned and like now building something else that i could take to a crazy peak in that area you know right. what i mean and just always kind of growing building learning and just doing stuff so facts no, appreciate like you man that. thank you um, for coming um, yeah where could everyone you know just kind of find you if yeah they wanna you know follow you. your boy at only futuristic but more importantly follow indie amplify the one-stop shop for musicians uh and content creators love it uh hopefully you guys enjoyed this episode if you know you've followed the buff nerds for a long time then this is probably a, a fun episode to get a little insight and behind the scenes on make sure to like comment subscribe all that good stuff tom take it away with the the actual 
podcast portion. Yeah. I mean, if you're on Apple Podcasts, if you could just scroll down, leave a star rating and a comment, it truly does help us kind of be able to do more of these. And yeah, thanks again, man. I want to thank it. Futuristic for coming out today, being yes, our first hey. guest. Appreciate you, man. There was there was no, no <laughs> one more fitting. So yeah. appreciate you. And, yes, uh, sir. Good show. Yeah. All right. Have a good All one, day. guys. Sheesh. Sheesh.